Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better-than-okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today I want to talk about big scares. Specifically, the benefits of having the shit scared out of you. (laughs) It can offer you many benefits. In fact, I would go so far as to say that there is the enlightenment behind a good scare. And I want to use the example of what happened to me this past week, which was terrifying, to illustrate my point. So I can't remember if I have mentioned my dog Charlie yet, but I do have a dog. His name is Charlie. He's an old pug. Kim and I rescued him back in 2018. So in June, that's his birthday month, June, he turned 11. So he's an old guy. He's geriatric. He's got some arthritis problems. He's got some mobility problems. He's on a lot of medication. And one of the things that we manage is his vestibular disease, which means that he's very wobbly. He doesn't have a good sense of steps and depth perception. But up until this Sunday, when something terrible happened, and I'll tell you all about that in just a second, he would always stop at the top of a step. And you probably know where this is going. But because he seemed aware of his issues with his mobility, with his vision, he would always stop at the top step and wait for Kim or I to get him and to bring him down or to carry him up. He was very good about it. But then this past Sunday, something happened. So here we are. It's Sunday. Kim and I are packing up to go to the beach. Michigan has beautiful beaches in the summer. We have a friend who lives in a beachside town over on Lake Michigan. We were packing up to go see her. It was a sunny Sunday morning. Birds are chirping. And suddenly everything changed. And it changed because as I'm at the top of the stairs and I'm packing up my beach towels and my sunscreen and everything, I look over and I see Charlie turning. He was probably, if I had to guess, he was turning to lift his back foot so that he could scratch his face or maybe his ear. You know how sometimes dogs will put all their weight kind of on a back hip and they'll lift the other leg up to scratch their face and what have you. So he went to do that, but I think he didn't realize that that's where the step ended because immediately he does this little half spin and he goes to lift his leg and then his butt slides right off the top of the stairs. And for the first two or three steps, I think he's going to be fine because he's very low to the ground. He was pretty much on his stomach and he was just kind of sliding a little bit. I thought he would just land on the top step. And that would be the end of it. However, what happened instead was he slid down the stairs about eight or nine steps down. There's probably 13 steps in total. So he was about two thirds of the way down. And then suddenly he was just airborne and he bounced really hard off of the last two steps. I'm freaking out. I'm saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm running down the stairs after him. And when we get to the bottom of the stairs, he's just kind of lying there in shock. 
and I pick him up and I'm trying to get him to breathe because I think he stopped breathing because he was in shock of what had happened. He just kind of panicked. He froze. So I pick him up. I'm trying to get him to breathe. I finally get him to take a breath. And now he's crying because he's in pain. And I am just out of my mind. I am absolutely terrified that this has happened. And so I'm yelling at Kim. I'm like, get my phone. We call the emergency vet clinic. We scoop him up. We get him in the car. We rush him to the emergency vet. We get him seen right away. And then suddenly, you know, I'm sitting in the waiting room of this emergency vet while my dog gets checked out. And what a turn that was from 20 minutes before. Here I was packing up for the beach, planning to have a really nice day, trying to decide which book I was going to take with me. And now I'm in the emergency vet waiting room. You will be happy to know that Charlie is perfectly fine. He didn't break a bone, no bleeding, nothing dramatic. It was just super scary and terrified me to my core. But Charlie is absolutely fine. He's not in pain or anything at all. He's his normal, happy self. So don't worry about Charlie. I wouldn't, <laughs> I would not have shared this story if it had ended horribly. Oh my goodness. So rest assured, Charlie is fine. But this experience really reminded me about what happens to your mind, what happens to your body when you have a good scare. Because when we have a scare, it spurs us into action, right? Immediately, I grabbed my phone. I was thinking about where I was going to take him, what I was going to do for him. It completely cleared my mind. I wasn't thinking about anything. Usually in our day-to-day life, maybe we're thinking about 20 or 30 different things, right? Maybe we're thinking about lunch or the things we need to do or what someone said to us or any number of things. The mind is very active, very busy, very chaotic. But when something serious happens, suddenly the mind is crystal clear. We are almost always focused on exactly that present moment. Our body becomes fully present. Our mind becomes fully present. And so there's a couple of benefits to that. First of all, we realize really quickly what matters to us. I didn't care at all about the beach as soon as Charlie was hurt. All I cared about was taking care of Charlie and making sure that he was okay. Once the immediacy of the moment passed and he's in the back room with the veterinarian getting checked out, getting fully scanned, and now I'm sitting in the waiting room with all of my feelings (laughs) that have come rushing back in his absence. The benefit of that is now I have a really clear picture of what I do when something happens. In retrospect, I can see, wow, when I'm really pressed like this, when I'm scared, when something big happens, this is what I do. These are my automatic reactions. There's a clarity that comes with that, and we don't always get that clarity in our day-to-day lives. Like I said, the mind can be very busy. It can be a very busy place, very preoccupied, very distracted. But when something happens, we get laser focused. We see what we do when we're stressed, what our automatic patterns are. And that clarity can be very enlightening. It can be very helpful in understanding what habits we might like to change, what reactive patterns we might like to change. It highlights what matters to us, what's important to us. So I say that a big scare is enlightening because these moments, these terrifying moments, as awful as they may be, They do have some wisdom in them. They can offer us a lot of understanding about who we are, what we do, what matters to us. And that clarity, that insight isn't always accessible to us in our day-to-day life. But in addition to getting a lightning strike flash of what's important to you, getting a perspective shift, 
You can also make your scares more functionally useful to you. So if something scares you and you want to make it useful, you want to make good use of your scare, take some time to replay it. Take some time to analyze what happened, maybe journal about it, maybe re-visualize it in your mind. If it's truly terrifying, this might not be great. I'm not suggesting that you re-traumatize yourself. If it's something that you don't want to revisit, absolutely understandable. But if it's something like car accident that you survived completely unscathed, you're okay, it was just shocking. Or like with me, something happened to the dog, but he was okay. Nothing truly traumatic, just scary. That might be a really rich basis for self-exploration. So if you have some time, journal about it, review it in your mind, maybe take some notes. Take all of the wisdom and clarity from that moment with you, even after the moment passes. But you also want to practice really good self-care after a scare. It would be helpful to know how to discharge the excess energy that comes with a big scare. That adrenaline dump that happens to your body, the electricity in your veins that surges when something happens. It might be helpful to you to know that that's normal, that that's acceptable, and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It might be difficult for you to accept that messaging if you come from a trauma-based background where that shaky feeling, that adrenaline feeling is associated with a lot of negative memory. But in reality, it means your body's working, your systems are working, and they're still trying to protect you and keep you safe, and that's a great thing. It spurs you into action, into quick thinking, into doing what you need to do, even if that's a freeze, because freeze can also be a response to a difficult situation. Either way, spurred into action or freezing on the spot, that's your body and your mind doing its best to keep you safe, to keep you functional. But beyond acceptance, moving into self-care if possible, is I would surrender to the feelings, right? I was exhausted after we went to the vet clinic with Charles and we waited to find out about the x-rays and if he was okay and if he was going to be fine. I was just completely emotionally drained afterwards. And I had to tell myself that that was fine. We were not going to the beach today. And because that was what I planned to do with my day, I'm not going to do anything else. But if it was a day when I had planned to work or something, nope, not anymore. Like I would have cleared my schedule, give myself the time to recoup from that scary encounter, even if it means relaxing for the rest of the day, reading a book, soothing my nerves, whatever I have to do, just completely surrender to the fact that this happened. Let the scare slow you down. Let the scare stop you. Let it give you an excuse to step back and take really good care of yourself. Give yourself some loving attention. And there are other things you can do to help process that excess energy. So for example, there are body movement practices that help you move energy from your body to soothe those nerves, to bring your emotions back into alignment. That can be breathing, that can be yoga, that can be a nice long walk gentle stretching, or if you're someone who needs a stronger response and you have a bit of athletic ability, (laughs) you can try something harder. So I read a really great book that talked about how one of the reasons why we hold so much stress in our bodies is because we don't complete the cycle. The way the author explained it was back in the day, 
If you were hunting in the savanna and a lion chases you or you're hunting a lion and you kill the lion, then you take the lion back to your village and there's a celebration. There's something that marks the passing of the scare. There's something that shows your body and your mind, oh, it's over. Yes, there was danger, but the danger has passed. But now we live in a world where we're not <laughs> hunting lions. Our lions are our co-workers. They're our bosses. They're our friends. They're our family subjecting us to many dangers all day, every day. And we can't say or do something because it's impolite or we're navigating these difficult social situations. And so this stress accumulates and there's no way to move it from the body because we don't have that completion activity, some kind of completion experience that tells us, ah, the danger has passed. We don't have to be stressed about this anymore. So body movements can be a great way to discharge that stress. It could be going for a run. It could be jumping rope. It could be dancing. It could be anything that helps you move that energy from your body. It can be other forms of physical self-soothing. So maybe you want to wash your feet, give your feet a little bit of a massage. Maybe you want to massage your hands or massage your legs, or maybe you want someone else to do it. Anything that allows you to reconnect with your body, to tell your body that you're no longer in mortal peril or someone you love, in my case, Charlie, right, is no longer in peril. Things are okay. The moment has passed. And then apart from self-soothing physically, body movements or massages or anything like that. There's also verbal processing. You can call someone up. You can talk it through with someone. You could tell them how you feel, what's going on. You can get reassurances from someone you love that, yeah, gosh, that was really hard, but it's over now. You're fine. You're safe. Or you could do mental self-soothing, and that would just be anything that you find very calming meditation, maybe you want to color in one of those de-stressing, anti-stress coloring books, or draw, or make art, or maybe you want to bake something. Whatever you want to do to slow the mind down, because in stressful situations, the mind has a tendency to speed up. It feels like it needs to react fast, which is very useful if there's something happening that requires immediate action from you. In the case of Charlie, it was beneficial for me to immediately call the vet, to immediately think about what I needed to do to get him there, get him seen, and so on. So the speeding up of the mind is not a bad thing. It's just unhelpful when it continues to speed along like that. So whatever you can do to slow the mind down, that would be really helpful. It might also be beneficial to keep in mind that when you are self-soothing yourself, just try not to do anything that might aggravate your stress response or make your stress response worse. For example, for me, if I'm really hyped up about something, caffeine and sugar is not a great answer for me <laughs> because sugar and caffeine kind of make me jittery to begin with. And if I'm already feeling jittery, I, I don't need to throw something else into my body to jack up my nervous system. So if you're also the kind of person who wants to self-soothe by eating something, by having a treat, just be mindful that sometimes those choices are counterproductive. They don't actually help. But no one knows your needs better than you. So absolutely use your discretion when you choose any of these techniques that work best for you, whether it be physical, verbal, mental, soothing, whatever it is. So that's it. That's what I have for you today. I hope you find this episode useful. And I definitely hope that the next time you have a big scare, you remember what I said and you're able to take all of that wisdom and clarity from that experience and use it to make yourself stronger and wiser and more loving to yourself 
and you're able to take some benefit away from a situation that you would have otherwise viewed very negatively. Because that's how we get strong. That's how we get powerful. When even the difficult situations, the challenges, the horrible moments become sources of strength for us, that's when we know we're really getting somewhere. So I hope you found something of value today, and I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.